Welcome to The Mentor List. To turn you into the best version of you that's around. To seek support and you need to allow yourself to be supported. Really have a point of difference. What is precious, what's really important and then putting some boundaries there. The Mentor List specialises in interviews with top business minds. Gather their advice for your career. This is The Mentor List. Welcome to The Mentalist. I am Sharon Daly, Managing Director for Mentalist Talent. And I am again co-hosting today's episode with a good friend and the Director of Mentalist Digital and Advisory, Peter Tchaikovsky. Thanks, Shaz. We are back once again with another episode focused on women in leadership. Speaking of women in leadership, on the show today, we have Jennifer Ribeiro, who is CIO of Greater Western Water. Jennifer was named as one of the top 50 CIOs in Australia in 2020. Jennifer has managed a number of operational areas and projects ranging across a wide set of industries, from banking and finance, transport, manufacturing, property services, telecommunications, and government. She has over 20 years' experience across diverse industries, where she has gained excellence in transformation, project management, and change management. Jennifer has a Master of IT Management, Master of Business Administration, a Bachelor of Business. She is a graduate member of the Australian Institute of Company Directors and has a range of ICT and project management industry accreditations. Jennifer sits on the IWN Executive Group, the SWAN Global Council and Wyndham Tech School Committee. Jennifer's core strengths are her people focus business mindset and having the courage to bring bold ideas to life through determination, influence, cross-organizational collaboration and hard work, continually learning from her own successes and challenges and those of her teams and with over 10 years experience in the public sector. Jennifer demonstrates her unwavering commitment to living the values of the public sector every day. Wow. (laughs) I need to get my breath back after that. (laughs) Wow, Jennifer. Really accomplished, we can see already there as a woman in leadership, right? Which is what we're chatting about today. It's clear you're very accomplished. So we'll dive in a bit deeper and get to know you a bit more. And I guess, can you talk us through a little bit more about your career story and your career path? Thank you, Sharon. Wow, listening to all that, I'm feeling very old and a little bit tired. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, oh, geez, where did it all begin? And I think... How long have we got? So I started in retail as a 15-year-old and I think for me that's where it really all began. So learning about customers, learning about people, learning about service, learning about hard work. So I would get to work at 7 o'clock in the morning and leave at 7 o'clock at night as a Saturday job. And so it's probably built a really good foundation and that, that sort of set me up for my corporate career, Being went into ANZ in the retail part of the business and then moving into the corporate part of the business. And it was probably there that, you know, I went in from a view that I was going to do HR, and which I did do for the first 10 years of my career, mm. but really with a systems and process focus. So, you know, understanding how does a, an FTE calculate, mm-hmm. which is that system, and then how can we model that out for the network? And that continued on through to all of the different industries that you just highlighted <laughs> and go, wow. But it really wasn't until that I started working for a recruitment software company that I started to really hone my skills around technology. So, you know, 
10 years in, in HR or HR-associated work, so transformation, business process, re-engineering type mm-hmm. work, through to um, technology, so managing software outcomes, you know, you know, working with clients. I started in a consulting role but ended up managing the organisation, small software company. And so it was really that was the beginning of my software or technology journey, mm. moving into then my government roles, commencing with with police, you know, project management program delivery, systems delivery, you know, department delivery, delivering on organisational outcomes, developing the modernisation program for VicPol, so um, putting iPads in the hands of our police officers, which is with a really improvement business focus. So saying, what does a police officer require to do their job and to take away the paperwork because they spend 40% of their time doing paperwork. And so that's continued on through to CIO and then executive roles and where I am now, the CIO of Greater Western Water. That's amazing, Jennifer. I mean, to hear that that journey, that trajectory and understand the themes of work ethic. Share with us a bit like what drives you in that sense? So obviously from a young age, you mentioned, you know, there was a dedication, a focus, obviously through the academic pursuits. It's, it's clear. Share with us a bit about what drives you. Delivering great outcomes is probably mm-hmm. what drives me. And I, I like to get involved in problems. Yep. I have one of my colleagues who say to me all the time, you know what, when you're bored, you become dangerous because you start to get into the detail. And she goes, sometimes I think I need you to step up again, you know, go find something else to do. And it's really about trying to solve problems, trying to solve the real world problems, you know, understanding how can we make business better. So long as we can keep doing that, I will keep being driven. I love it. Absolutely. And also people. So I would say that, you know, having a really good team that is focused on their own career development, who want to be successful in their own right, who have aspirations in their own right, also drives me. And, you know, you mentioned that your journey started out in retail and you worked your way through all these different areas and industries and all that. When you look back at your, like, former self, what's kind of, like, the thing or things you wish you knew back then and what advice would you give your former self? Oh, look, probably to be flexible and nimble and not be set. So, you know, in my mind, I wanted to go into HR and I was going to be the best person in HR, you know. (laughs) And what I found was firstly it was difficult to get in, Mm -hmm. so I had to look through a different pathway to get into it. But once I found that I was into it, what I kept going back to was system and process. And so in my mind I'm going, I should be in HR and I should know about industrial relations or general policies and things like that. But I kept coming back to the people, quantification, I kept coming back to systems, I kept coming back to efficiency. And I'm going, well, maybe that's actually where I need to head because that's where I'm obviously getting a lot of my enjoyment out of my work. And so what would I would say is don't be fixated. Let the market or let your work take you in the direction that gives you joy. Because if you work in an area that's not giving you joy, then you're not going to be your best at it. And what would you say then, in addition to what you've learned there and that advice that you give your former self, what do you feel are the habits that served you well? Probably asking lots of questions. So, you know, having that inquiring mind, problem solving, the five whys, why, 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 please explain to me. Um, I feel sometimes a little bit like Pauline Hansen with the please explain. But it's very much about that inquiring mind listening. So what are you saying? What should I be hearing? Taking a gut 
approach. So what am I feeling here? What do I need to ask questions about to really understand what's going on? Because sometimes it's not what you see on paper or not what you hear. Sometimes it's, you know, you've got to dig a little bit and go, well, actually, that's not your problem. Your problem sits over here. How can we solve that problem, which will end up solving this problem? So they're probably the things evidence-based would be the other one. Where is the evidence that supports the change that we're trying to make or the problem that we're trying to solve or the opportunity that we're trying to take? It's fascinating, like flexibility and mindset, professional curiosity, you know, not accepting the, at face value and, and really probing deeper to understand. Like that's, that's really interesting. I think that's sort of evident throughout your career journey as well, Jennifer, in terms of being able to, again, you know, deliver on huge initiatives in complex environments and being able to sort of galvanize people. And I think it's fascinating sort of hearing that. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I guess for our listeners as well, through your journey, was there anyone you looked at or looked up to that inspired you to be a leader? Is there anyone that kind of geared you in that direction or you wanted to be like? Or Many. There are many people. And, and I say I've been very lucky throughout my career to have really good leaders of which I can model myself off. Yeah. In terms of probably two women that I worked with when I was doing some consulting, and for me I was in... I was in my late 20s at the time, probably a bit early for consulting, but my late 20s at the time. And they were really capable, had had children, continued to build a company and build brand around themselves. And I was just in awe of their ability to have it all. I had a mindset, we talked about before, what would I do differently? You know, have that flexible mindset that you can actually have it all. And so they were really instrumental in me saying, well, I just, all I need to do is apply my goals in accordance with what I want. Yeah. So if I want to have a family, then I can have a family yeah. and I can have a career. Whereas I was thinking that it was very much, I can have a career, but I can't have a family. So yeah. you've got to work hard. So, right. you know, one of the themes that you'll probably find is that it's like, you've got to continue to work hard, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop your living. Yeah. And so they were really instrumental. Again, I went into police and had two awesome leaders there mm. who really showed the way around, you know, dedication, hard work, and also being bolshy. You know, it's okay. You can ask your questions. You can go forth and be a little bit more challenging. You don't have to conform in an organisation that is very much around rules and regulations. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. So sort of challenge your mindset in some respects. That's really interesting. Today's podcast is brought to you by Mentor List a collaboration of business services and professional growth. We connect the very best minds and insights in Australia to accelerate personal and organisational growth by leveraging and learning through lived experiences. If you love what you hear and want your own direct access to great minds, visit us online to learn more about our mastermind groups, business advisory, digital solutions, and our talent division. We are mentorlist.com. Thanks so much for that, Jen, actually, because it's refreshing to hear someone say, and I'm sure the listeners will agree, that you can have it all. And why do we put these boundaries up in particular 
and your mom and all these kind of stuff, you can have it all. You can have the family and you can have the work and the career as well, you know. So thank you for that. And it's I'm sure our listeners will be delighted that you have done all of this and achieved what you've achieved and you're saying you can have it all. So it's really refreshing and nice to hear that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and how about, like, I'm interested, Jennifer, you strike me as someone with boundless energy, yeah? Like, you're an energetic, bubbly, yeah. engaging person. Where does that come from? How do you maintain that energy? <laughs> and do all of what we just mentioned in your yeah. bio as well. <laughs> uh, look, I think if you ask my family, they'd say I'm incredibly lazy. But <laughs> it's about just being interested. Yeah. So, you know, I will have lots of energy if I'm interested. Like if I see something, I'll go, oh, that's really awesome. I'm interested in people, yep. the stories that they have to tell. Yeah. And I live this experiential life or I live vicariously through others as well. Yeah, for sure. And so when I get to hear people and what they've done, that gives me energy. So classic extrovert, I get energy from, from others. Yeah. yeah. That drives me. So I go, oh, that's a really great idea. How can we do that? As well, so that's where my energy comes from. And so, an interesting segue, like in the context of we were chatting earlier, in the context of COVID right now and remote working or distributed workforces, how do you, as a leader, galvanise people and bring them on that journey when you're not able to sort of conjure that energy in a physical boardroom or in on the floor, you know, in an office sense? I would say it's common purpose. So you know, always being clear about what outcome we're trying to achieve. We've been working from home for nearly. 18 months now. And we have embraced the working from home, but we had to change the way we did things, you know, engaging with our people differently. So Mm -hmm. having check-ins and having conversations that had absolutely nothing to do with work sometimes. You know, I think there was a check-in that we had where we talked about the way you fold your toilet paper. And they're the little things that help to bring about our personalities into our workplace. And so those are, you know, having a good laugh every now and then, but never losing focus on why we're there. And also having respect for each other's skills, talents, environments that they're working in, and being really embracing of the environment, embracing of the change that's going on, and utilising just people's personal desire to do the right thing. Yeah, awesome. The common purpose is a a great response, I think. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, Jen, you are CIO now of Greater Western Water. I just wanted to ask you there, how have you stayed ahead of the curve in technology and digital given the fact that it's an ever-changing nature of the industry? How do you keep on top of that? I was like, can you ever keep ahead of the curve? <laughs> probably, you know, probably never ahead of the curve, but what can we do around being aware of our contemporary activity? So what are other water companies doing locally? What are our other water companies doing globally? What does the research say? So reading, talking to people, understanding, looking at other industries, yep. understanding what's going on in other industries. So seeing where there's thought leadership, and saying, how can I take what they're doing over there and apply it to my sector because we haven't thought about that yet? Or how do we be the best in a particular type of activity because that's what we want to be in? So it's really about reading a lot and we have to stay abreast by just looking at the research, but there are pockets of brilliance in places and it's picking up that pocket of brilliance and understanding how you can apply it back in your business because you can't – I always say – That bright, shiny thing over there doesn't always work in our organisation, but it's what it is. It's about what makes that bright and shiny 
And how can we make that bright, shiny work over here? Yeah. Because we have to apply it. Yeah, that's interesting. So they're sort of applying it in a specific context, but being open to taking insights from other sectors and learning from them. And then, as you said, that sort of um, application in your particular organisational context is really interesting. Mm. And Jen, as a, a champion in diversity, what is your perspective on one thing businesses and individuals can focus on to, say, maximise their impact? So diversity is a really interesting one and what I'm going to say is probably a little controversial Mm. in the sense that I think I tick all the diversity boxes. I'm a woman in tech, I am a leader, I'm a parent, I'm a woman of colour, so I tick all the diversity boxes. But what is really impactful I think is thinking about diversity of thought, thinking about building a team that is diverse in personality traits, in skill sets. I always say we need the analysts and we need the big thinker people because that gives us a really good opportunity to have constructive, challenging conversations that say, have you thought about this? When the big person, big picture person's going, hey, you know, I think we should do X, Mm. We need those others to bring forward the difference so that we can get the whole picture rather than part of the picture. So if you take that principle of diversity of thinking, diversity of personality, therefore you need diversity in race, you need diversity in gender, you need diversity in sexual preference, all of that because that will give you different thinking which gives you different constructive challenging conversation absolutely jen i just want to say for the listeners right people don't realize but the body language of when you kick that off all three of us were just like lifted and the passion just lifted out of us i saw pj you just lifted in your chair and i lifted at the same time and it was kind of like this yes moment you know so i really enjoyed that just for the listeners they needed to know that it's quite funny to have that happen well, and also the theme coming through, Jen, is having very different perspectives generates better outcomes, you know, and so that diversity of thought, different perspectives, different experiences ultimately will deliver a richer conversation and hopefully a better outcome for an organisation or whatever it is that your common purpose is. Like I think that's a really interesting takeaway from that point. Mm. And it builds a great leadership team Yeah. because if we're all modelled in our own likeness, we're going to be quite boring, aren't we? Yeah. completely agree on that and Jen we've touched on a few things and areas on your journey and leadership and all that if you were to put that into a compact scenario for our listeners could you pick three attributes you think a good leader should possess yeah absolutely so for me it's humility so it's not me that delivers it's everybody else it is the team that delivers I just have the privilege and the honour of leading a team of individuals who come together as groups and come together as teams to deliver awesome outcomes. So for me, it's like always constantly checking in with myself to go, how wonderful are the people that I work with? And that has been the case through all my jobs, which is I have worked with some really brilliant people. And, you know, today I still go back and have a chat with, you know, my colleagues at FitPol or, Mm -hmm. you know, again, we had a little bit of a conversation earlier today about our ANZ days. And it was quite lovely to go, yeah, okay, I remember you. Um, Didn't we have some great times together? But also just that brilliance that I learned so much from you. The ability to listen. 
is probably the other thing. You know, what did you say? Actually, what am I hearing? Is what you're saying and what I'm hearing the same thing? Do I need to delve a little bit deeper? Because sometimes what's being said isn't really what's at the heart of it. And then the other thing is probably connecting the dots. So making sure that it's really easy to be a silo in technology, Mm. but we are enabling um, functions. So we have to be able to understand how the business works, connect the dots, and then provide the solutions to enable our organisation to be what our strategic goals are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And following on from that, Jen, is there any quote that you live by in your life to get you through? (laughs) So I mentioned that I started my life in retail and that happened to be music retail. So I don't necessarily live by quotes, but I do absolutely live by song lyrics. And every now and then people say to me, where where did you pull that one from? And so if I had to go, what do I live by? And it's probably the super groove song, the lyric, you've got to know to understand. And, you know, I think I mentioned before, it's about that inquiring mind. So I, I need to understand, I need to know what's driving you or what the problem is or what the opportunity is. So that's what would be not my quote, but my lyric. And I'm sure there's, you know, many times that I'll pop something out and only people that know the song will go, did you just quote a song? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a relic of the past. How great are music retailers? I miss them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to just go off in a complete divergence, Mm. but the ability to form relationships with your clients is no longer there. You know, I remember the days, I remember the days, Mm. but where you would actually have customers come in and go, tell me what's new, you know, let me play something for you, I think you'll like this, et cetera. So true. You don't have that relationship building, you know, that connection anymore in some of these homogenous services. You know, Spotify doesn't say, well, let me teach you some of these things that I've heard. They probably do suggest, but they're suggesting in your own likeness as opposed to suggesting something quite different. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's the algorithm's cold. It's not warm in that respect. Exactly. And as you said, it doesn't necessarily bring in different perspectives. It just reinforces a bit more of the same. So that's a fascinating point. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jane, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you you on the show today and I just want to say your energy is infectious it's been just you know an honor to sit here with you and just the vibe from you is amazing and thank you for coming on the show today and we look forward to obviously following your journey further thank you thank you for having me it's been lots of fun yeah (laughs) thank you Jen it's been amazing thank you so much great thanks for joining us on the show until next time listeners this is the mentor list Thank you for joining us today at The Mentor List. If you'd like to hear more or speak to us about recommending our next interview guest, come on through to mentorlist.com.au. You can also find out more about our suite of mastermind series taking shape in your area, your industry, and your discipline. We look forward to welcoming you to one of our events very soon. Stay tuned for another great show. Thank you for listening to The Mentor List. If you like what you're hearing on The Mentor List, the best way to support the show is to just take a few seconds to leave a rating and or comment over on iTunes. You can also find further information about this show and links to further episodes at mentorlist.com.au. Until next time, this is The Mentor List.